Hallelujah. We have a Father, Almighty Father, He is King of kings and Lord of lords. We have a Father, Hallelujah. We have a Father, Almighty Father, he is King of kings and Lord of law. We have a Father. Our Daddy in heaven, the Most High God, Most Faithful God, Most Righteous King, the Lord of Lords, the King of Glory, the only promise keeper, the covenant keeper, we want to thank you again for this morning. We appreciate you for the privilege of witnessing the beginning of another new week. We give you praise. We honor your majesty. Father, receive our thanks in the name of Jesus. Thank you for the hours of the night. Thank you for protection, preservation, provision. Thank you for this weekend. Thank you for standing by us in all our undertakings. We thank you for good successes. Father, receive our thanks in the name of of Jesus. This morning, I pray, Lord, as this day is a day set aside for your worship, I pray, Lord, that you will draw our hearts unto yourself, that today, mighty God, you will cause the heavens to open unto us, that your, your visitation, Lord, nobody will miss, in the name of Jesus. Lord, let your truth, O God, be sent to us today. Let your work come to us with grace, with power. Let every one of us, O God, encounter revival today in the name of Jesus. And I do ask, O God, that our generation, the generation of our youths of today, will be saved. Daddy, save our youths from self-destruction. Save our youths, O oh God. Deliver the present generation from this reckless race to self-destruction. Mighty God, please do help, O oh God, generations of our youths in the entanglement of addictions, cultism, frustration, fraudulent activities. Lord, please save our youths. Deliver them, O God, in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray, Lord, you will turn our youths unto yourself. You will be magnified, O God. Please do what you alone can do. And let your name be glorified. I declare this week a blessed week. A week of special blessings, special visitation. In the name of Jesus. So shall it be. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen and amen. Let me appreciate all of you that joined us yesterday for the Limit Breakers Fellowship. May the God of heaven answer your prayers and give you a true experience of jubilee in the name of Jesus. Now, we have in the past one week been discussing about the fact that we are at war and a number of things have been shared and among them 
is what I tag as strategies for prosecuting warfare. There are strategies that are involved in warfare. And we started our series by making us to know that we are at war. And there is no doubt about it. I believe by now you know that we are all at war. That this world, this world is all-inclusive, leaving no one out, regardless of your religion, race, age, beliefs, or class. The battle is also a continuous one. So far, so good. We have considered four basic but pertinent strategies that are commonly employed, all right, to prosecute wars. Enemies usually will employ any of these against their opponent. Number one is the research into who the enemy is, their strength and their weaknesses. All right. The adversary of your soul is busy. Even during silent and peace moments, the adversary of your soul is researching into your strength and to your weaknesses. All right, they want to know it because that is a weapon to be used to develop how to tackle you, how to handle you. And if you are not good in information management, you easily betray yourself to your adversary. Number two is the introduction of an in-house division among the opposing army. They will want to cause division in your camp. And nations employ that. All right. Uh, because a house divided against itself cannot stand. And this, the enemy has used against families where husband is against wife, children are against their parents, and all of that. And the moment division sets in, either in the family setting, the church setting, and all of that. That, that army is on the verge of failure. And that is why in warfare, you don't break ranks. A genuine army will not break ranks. Number three is that in spiritual warfare, a strategic setup or introduction of sin into the camp is made, particularly and specifically to send God out of our camp as Christians, the enemy will want to set you up to sin against God. All right, and the moment you do that, uh, Balaam told Balak, that is a strategy to weaken the enemy and to set up God, even against his own people, which they used and it worked for them. And then number four is that isolation of the enemy from every possible source of help. The enemy wants to have you isolated from every possible source of help. And you know, it happens to us many times, to many people, all right, that at the time the enemy wants to strategically attack them, one of the things they make them to do is that they lose interest in coming to fellowship or they may even have uh, 
this doctrine of alone with God. You know, they have nothing to do with anybody. They just believe in self-sufficiency. The husband believes he doesn't need wife. Wife believes he doesn't need a husband to be all that she wants to be and even children. So many a times the enemy wants to, you know, isolate you from every possible source of help and you must watch out for that that's why i emphasize don't stand alone go and look at the warfares in the bible there's always a strategic network an army is having an issue a country is having a problem with another country and it goes ahead to network with neighboring kings and all that so that they can join forces together to go and fight it's only in there are among us in many places that we 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 have denominationalized our battles all right the church has not really been uniting together to fight all right a church in a community is isolated from other churches and is fighting alone and each of us we have a common enemy this is a strategic uh, uh, attack on the church of God. And the one I will mention this morning, just one point this morning, is that on the battlefield, fight. On the battlefield, fight. One of the schemes of the enemy is to use the weapon of intimidation to weaken the opposition. They will want to do everything for you to accept defeat without a fight goliath used it and succeeded at first but failed at last in first samuel chapter 17 from verse 4 down to 11 you know the bible said there went out a champion out of the camp of the philistines named goliath of gath whose height was six cubits and a span and he had an helmet of brass upon his head and he was armed with a coat of mail and the weight of the coat was five thousand shekels of brass and he he had greaves of brass upon his legs and a target of brass between his shoulders and the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam and his spear's head weighed six hundred shekels of iron and one bearing a shield went before him and he stood and cried unto the armies of Israel and said unto them, Why are ye come out to set your battle in array? Am I not a Philistine? And ye servants of Saul, choose you a man of you and let him come down to me. If he be able to fight with me and kill me then we will be your servant but if I prevail against him and kill him then you shall be our servant and serve us and the Philistines said I defy the armies of Israel this day give me a man that we may fight together and the Bible says unfortunately in verse 11 when Saul and all Israel heard those words of the Philistine they were dismayed and greatly afraid that was his strategy to intimidate them and for several days they were running away and hiding but you know in first Samuel chapter 17 from verse 32 down to 47 go and read it david came to the scene in fact the first thing david was saying in verse 32 is the bible says he said david said to Saul, he said let no man's heart fail because of him thy servant will go and fight with this philistine all right and he believed god 
In verse 37, he said, The Lord who delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And you know, David did that. Stood up for the bad. And you, you remember, David was the first to launch. He didn't wait for, for, for Goliath to launch attack at him. He ran forward and just pulled the sling. And that brought Goliath down. You don't run. Don't run away. The decisive thing. Read it, you know, from verse 48 to 50. You will see that David stood up. The moment the, uh, Goliath attacked David with words, all right, and thought of paralyzing uh, uh, and intimidating David, you know, with those words and the curses and all that. David, the Bible says David ran forward. He hasted and ran towards the army to meet the Philistines. And he pulled out his hand from his back and, and took his, his, a, a stone and slung it and smote the Philistines in his forehead. And that was how he brought them. Now, when challenges come your way, Please rise up and confront it headlong. Say, Nakerub, you the same weapon and succeeded for a while also against Hezekiah. Go and read this in 2 Kings chapter 18. Go and read 2 Kings chapter 18. You will see how Senakerib also stood up, sent the mysteries to Hezekiah, sent his messenger to come and speak in the language of the Hebrews. They stood on a high platform on the fence and they were speaking loud and clear, fearful words to the children of, 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 of Judah. All right? And they, they scared them. Even the emissaries of Ezekiah. If I, you know at the point, Ezekiah took all the gold in the house of God, all the gold in the house of God and the palace. He gave them to Sennacherib. And Sennacherib knew that, yes, the intimidation is working. But you know, Sennacherib fell at the end of the day. God wants you to rise up, to fight. Don't run away from battle. Don't run away. At a point in Second Kings chapter 19, Ezekiah said, he said, this day is a day of trouble. In verse 3, he said, a day of rebuke and blasphemy for the children are come to birth and there is no strength to bring forth. That will not be your portion. That will not be your portion. Uh, Apostle Peter said in First Peter chapter 5, 8 to 9 verses, he said, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he made the voice. It's just like a roaring lion. It's not a lion. We have only one lion. That is the lion of the tribe of Judah. But the devil also wants to wear the costume of a lion. And he wants to intimidate you. No, the Bible says, whom you should resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. So some people have fought and they have won. Hear me. There is a warning for our generation in Psalm 78, verses 8 to 10. It said, uh, in fact, let me just take uh, the verse uh, of verse 9. It said, the children of Ephraim, being armed and carrying bows, turn back in the day of battle. Mm, that will not be your portion. 
The Bible says they kept not the covenant of God and refused to walk in His law. That is the generation that many of us belong to. We are armed for battle, and on the day of battle, we turn back. When challenges come, don't run away from fighting. You will only be postponing the battle for another day. Don't seek for men's sympathy. You don't need that. Stand on your feet and fight. Freedom is good, but freedom is not free. Fight for it. You are not declared a victor until you have fought and won a battle. Ours is a significantly different battle. Jesus has fought and given us victory already. We are only to stand up to receive that victory. Let me challenge you, beloved. Arise. Fight for the promises of God for your life. Fight for your future, your children. Fight for this generation under serious siege. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. I commend you to God this morning and I declare by the grace of God, victory is your portion. You will walk in victory. You will obtain victory. You will no more suffer defeat. Intimidation, fear is no more your portion. Where you have lost in the time past, every lost ground you will recover in the mighty name of Jesus. Over your marriage, over your career, over your health, you will not lose any battle anymore. Victory is yours. Go and conquer. This week is your week of testimony in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Wipe away your tears because God is giving you laughter. It is well with you in the name of Jesus. Fight the good fight of faith. I'm your brother and friend, Sunday, our good morning and have a blessed day.